name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. There are two stories in the Gospels about meals that Jesus had with tax collectors and sinners, which essentially refers to non-observant Jewish people of his time. One comes after the call of our patron saint, Matthew, who was a tax collector, and the other story is today's gospel. In both cases, the religious leaders, or certain religious leaders, the scribes and Pharisees, objected to the meal. They believed that those who faithfully observed the Torah would be made unclean, religiously, ceremonially, perhaps even influenced by contact with those who did not observe the Torah in the same way. For Jesus, the infection worked in the other direction. He was not being drawn into the sin of the sinners. Rather, he was inviting them into his pathway of healing and wholeness. The sort of taglines of the two stories are similar, but with a different focus. After the call of St. Matthew and the meal in the home, Jesus said, quote, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. In today's gospel, Jesus said, there is more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. In other words, the sick need a doctor named Jesus, and God and the angels are happy when they find him. In St. Luke's Gospel, the story of today's Gospel leads into the parable of the prodigal son, which concludes with a model for the reconfigured community that Jesus establishes. In the old community, the lost son, the sinner, was outside the house, and the faithful son was inside the house. After the lost son returned, he was inside the house celebrating his return with the father and the whole household, and the older son was on the outside refusing to come in. In the old Israel, the Pharisees were on the inside, and those they viewed as sinners were on the outside. In the new Israel, all who repent and follow Jesus are on the inside, and many who were formerly considered to be righteous find themselves on the outside. Repentance is now the mark of authentic faith and membership in the kingdom of God. As Romans says, quote, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. Repentance and faith in Jesus make us members of God's new Israel. Over time, religious communities are tempted to drift back into the error of the scribes and Pharisees. Human nature constructs an in-group that consists of me and those like me, and an out-group that consists of everyone else. 
And these kinds of divisions permeate our culture. Jesus reconfigured Israel. The in-group, the Israel of God, is everyone who repents and follows him. The out-group is everyone else. The key to healthy and evangelistic ministry is to build the church according to this new pattern that Jesus established. Repentance involves a kind of paradox, as just about all the central Christian doctrines involve a kind of paradox. Jesus welcomes all regardless of their sin. On the other hand, Jesus never lessens the moral demands of the law for anyone who begins to follow him. On the one hand, quote, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. <clears throat> On the other hand, if your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you, for it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. Jesus said both of those things. Repentance is an orientation of life rather than a one-time event. We grow in our repentance over time. We come to see Christ, the light of the world, more clearly, and we come to see ourselves more clearly in his light. We see our hidden motives, <clears throat> our confessions get better, our experience of grace grows. In contrast, those who refuse to repent continue in their lack of repentance, continue to justify their disobedience. They ignore their own sins <clears throat> and pick on the sins of others, usually certain others. They argue that they are better than most, or they argue that everyone is okay as is. To be faithful to the teaching of Jesus and to carry out a genuine healing ministry in his name, we must cling tightly to both sides of the paradox. We must insist that Jesus invites sinners like you and me to eat with him. We can come, even though we have done those things which we ought not to have done, even though our desires are still disordered and we are still in the process of being made whole. But we must equally insist that Jesus has not reduced one jot or tittle of his moral requirements for anyone who begins to follow him. After we receive his grace and forgiveness, his command is always the same. Go and sin no more. Jesus tells us to sin no more because our sins do not make us whole. We can have compassion on the addict, but we lie to him if we tell him that he can get well by continuing to use his drug of choice. If the church 
is just one big pot of acceptance with no moral demand. It keeps people stuck in spiritual sickness and in a state of separation from God. However, if the church is one big message of moral demand without accepting people as they are, it keeps people from the great physician. The liturgy teaches us to grow in our repentance. Repentance is a requirement for communion. Ye who do truly and earnestly repent. Every week we acknowledge our sins of thought, word, and deed. Jesus communes with us sinners in the sacrament to make our bodies clean and wash our souls. Then he sends us out to sin no more and instead to do the good works he has prepared for each of us to walk in. Of course, we'll be back next week to do it all over again. But this is a progressive cycle, not merely an endless loop. We are being made whole and holy. We return to the altar of God each week and to our prayers each day to grow in holiness. The end of this process is the resurrection on the last day for which we look. <clears throat> As 1 Corinthians says, quote, the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. The greatest miracle that takes place in this world is the process by which sinful and mortal people become holy and immortal. The central task of the Christian life is to persevere in repentance and in the life of prayer so that God will continue to work that miracle of change in us. The central task of evangelism is to invite other sinners to join us in this process of being made whole by the grace of God. For those who are well have no need of a physician but those who are sick. And there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.